I'm J.P. Tuesday. And I'm Kiki Cannon. As lifelong Disney fans, the work of countless talented Disney creatives have shaped our lives. Now, as the Disney catalog expands, we're taking a journey through film and television to discover if that spark that shaped us as children lives on in adulthood. Does your favorite Disney media still cast that same spell? Join us as we find out. We are Rewatching the Magic. Hi, Kiki. Hi, Tuesday. All right, today we have, this was the request of our friend uh, Heather, who we had on a few weeks ago for The Great Mouse Detective, and her request is the Swift Family Robinson, the 1960 version. Yeah, this is the the best known version of all the Swiss Family Robinson, you know, adaptations that have been made over the years. And there have been quite a few. This is a very popular book to adapt to uh, television. Yeah, I remember watching an animated series of this as a kid at some point. Yeah, I, th- I think I've run across in kind of researching for this that there have been so many adaptations of this book into various formats. Um you know, they've done audio adaptations. They've done, you know, you can even argue that just Lost in Space is just this, but in space. They're also just the Robinson family. You know, it's Danger Will Robinson. Yeah. So, the, I mean, <laughs> the, there was even some talk over the last decade of doing another Swiss Family Robinson with a lot of actors that just never happened. I mean, there was one rumor with that Will Smith was going to be involved in it. There was a rumor of uh, Disney themselves remaking it with Lindsay Lohan because they had a thing about remaking all of their movies with Lindsay Lohan for a while. Why was that a thing? I don't know. I really don't... I don't necessarily have anything against Lindsay Lohan, mind you, but why... Why was that a thing for us? (laughs) I don't know. Uh, There was a... See, there was a rumor of Bill Paxton being involved with one. The most recent rumor, Steve Carell in a movie called Brooklyn Family Robinson. No, please no. Can we not? There's even talk about them developing a Disney Plus series. I don't know if it was a movie or a TV series or whatever, but I heard rumors that they're trying to bring this back again in some form for Disney Plus. This was a big thing for Disney at the time. This was like one of their really big live action hits. And they didn't have a lot of those during that time. You watch this movie and you go, when was this made? And then the 1960 and you're like, really? Really? Because this is still the point where you look and you go, oh, Disney, you're a bit behind the times, aren't you? (laughs) Even the people working on this movie question Walt's decision in making this movie based on how out of date the book was. Well, we talked about that during Babes in Toyland as well. Mm -hmm. That you look at that movie and you go, what year did they make this in? It's kind of interesting that this really hit for people. Because this isn't really where the country was in 1960, I don't think. I know a lot of people of our generation 
who really love this movie. And this is also not where we were in the 1980s. <laughs> I think it's one of those, like, uh, like, like a lot of movies that we've talked about, this was one of those movies that was just always on TV. So I think a lot of our generation just watched it because it was on TV and they remember it because they watched it. Yeah, one of those Disney Channel wallpaper movies. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. And maybe that's kind of why I'm not as nostalgic for it, because we've talked about my lack of Disney Channel Mm -hmm. as a child. So this was not in my household as a kid. I didn't own this on VHS. I didn't have the Disney Channel until I was much older. So this was one of those films that I think I saw once as a child and went, huh, and then just did not see again for years and years and years. I mean, this came out the same year as movies like Spartacus and The Time Machine, two movies that are really classic cinema. And then you have this. Man, can we watch The Time Machine? (laughs) I'll watch the 60s. I had to own the 60s Time Machine on DVD. So... As Kiki said, this is not the first adaptation of the Swiss Family Robinson. We had to go back a bit for that to 1940 with a movie by by RKO. <laughs> RKO released Swiss Family Robinson in 1940. Walt Disney saw this and was not impressed. <laughs> Say uh, also on. Disney Plus now. I'll get to this. Yeah. Hold on. There's a story behind this. So RKO does this in 1940. Walt Disney sees it, not impressed, says he can do better. Ends up get <laughs> purchases the the movie outright from RKO. This is why this is on Disney Plus. And as soon as he buys the movie, he puts it in the vault. So it can never be re-released, so it wouldn't take away from the fact that he was making his own Swiss Family Robinson movie. We've mentioned that Walt was a petty, petty man. Here's the thing. I have seen uh, both the versions that are on Disney+. Plus. So Mm -hmm. I've seen this 1940. I'm agreeing with Walt. That That thing should have stayed in the vault. Uh, that that film sucks. The director of this 1960s movie, Ken Ken Anakin. It's over, Anakin. I have the high ground. That's a cool name, dude. You got yourself a cool name, director Ken Anakin. Ken Anakin went on record saying that the 1940s movie was what not to do in terms of an adaptation. That uh, mostly dealing with the fact that the entire movie was filmed out very obviously on sound stages, and Walt wanted a more realistic look using actual locations and realistic filming. They actually did film this on an actual island. They filmed it on the island of Tobago. Can you imagine if any studio? We because we've talked about this. How there are people who don't like when certain movies get remade, and we always say the original movie's still there. If you don't want to see the remake, if you don't want to see, uh, you name it, I guess the most recent example would be something like the new Ghostbusters. If that doesn't drive your fancy, you can still watch the original Ghostbusters. But can you imagine if you actually liked 
the 1940s Swiss Family Robinson and you didn't care for the 60s version, that you couldn't watch it because Walt put it in the vault? I don't know if Walt was the first person to do that. Um, In fact, I'm thinking he probably wasn't. I Probably. know he's not the only person to have ever done that. Um, he he was probably not the first, and I know he definitely wasn't last. It's a little harder to do that now. Uh, just say what you want about the internet and about you know the the fact that like oh everything ends up on a torrent site or whatever. But as far as the preservation of independent media, it actually has helped there have been things that we've thought were kind of lost forever and then they just kind of end up on the internet somewhere Mm -hmm. and sometimes these are things that have been almost actively buried by companies that the companies don't want them to be seen um and maybe the artists do or whatever but they have lost uh, the rights to them. They don't have the rights to their own work anymore. And sometimes it's a fan out there with a single copy of something. Um, this is how we still have the the Star Wars Holiday Special, to yeah. be honest. Um, somebody happened to have a home recording system going in the 70s, and pretty much everything we have stems from that one recording which is why we all have the exact same commercials and stuff you know it was shown in different markets and so it should have different commercials but it all comes from one person's recording so you know that's that's what we got and bless that person let's talk a little bit about this director ken anakin he's directed quite a number of disney movies uh, he directed the 50s Robin Hood that's on Disney+. Plus. Uh, he directed a movie called Third Man on the Mountain. This is not the last time we'll mention that movie. Yeah. Um, but in our generation, he's probably known best because he was the director for the new adventures of Pippi Longstocking. Pippi Longstocking. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> Don't make me come up there and smack you. So yeah, he was the director of Pippi Longstocking, the 80s movie that every single one of us saw over and over again. Unless you're me, and then I watched that once and said never again. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I think I've seen that film once, and then I went, nope, that, that nope, not, not that. He was named a, a Disney legend, and I'm legit. He did give a lot to to the Disney Corporation, but he is an interesting figure in the in the Disney kind of pantheon of collaborators. Definitely did a lot for for Disney, and was a prominent director of many Disney films. As we'll as we'll say, Disney uh, during this era would recycle a lot of their actors and a lot of their directors and even a lot of their voice actors. I kind of like that in the sense of um, Disney used to have a a style mm-hmm. in the way that their films looked. You could always tell that Disney style. Uh, you had, you know, the Disney kids 
Mm-hmm. You had that kind of, and it wasn't just Disney. I mean, the the old studio system gave that look to every studio. Mm. You know, you had that um, pool of actors and directors, and you know, they they all had their talent that they they worked from. Um, but Disney, you know, that's what they had, and Disney's kind of cultivating that again. Uh, you have the Marvel group mm-hmm. that is working. You know, you have Taika Waititi is in there. John Favreau is in there. Uh, that does the the Marvel films again and again. They have actors that come back again and again, of course, because they're playing the same characters. Um. And then you have uh, the Star Wars group that has all the the recurring creatives behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, even down to people like the makeup artists and um, cinematographers and, and people that you don't really think of as much. Mm-hmm. Um, but also they reuse a lot of the smaller actors and stuff will bounce around between um, some of the characters so not necessarily the big stars who are always playing the same characters but some of the smaller character actors Mm. will show up playing these these tiny bit parts and stuff in various projects and it does give a cohesive kind of feel to these franchises but also they will kind of cross over um who is it ming na win that's got the hat trick now Yep, Disney but, princess, Marvel superhero, and a Star Wars character. Yeah, um, which, bless her, you know, that's <laughs> that's an awesome one to pull off. And a lot of the creatives behind the scenes are starting to bounce around between that. I mean... John Favreau. Uh, John Favreau and Taika Waititi have both gone between Marvel and Star Wars mm-hmm. now. Um, and, and, and John Favreau directed Jungle Book. Um, so he, he's and, already has the hat trick. And... Hasn't isn't Taika going over to one of the animated projects? I think so. And he also, I mean, he just as we are recording this was just in Free Guy for Disney's newest studio, 20th Century Fox. Yeah. Um. So I'm kind of liking that it's feeling like. Oh, I hate it when the when corporations use the word family, but it is kind of feeling like a, a talent pool like that again. Synergy. Yeah, it's synergy. Let's use an awful corporate marketing term. <laughs> I hate those two, but at least it's it's better. So I, I, I like when, when they do those things. Um, as long as other people are kind of regularly brought into the rotation. Mm-hmm. I don't like when it closes ranks and it's like these are these are the people we use and we never use anybody else. I like when there is a feeling of you know, a corporation's never going to be loyal, but I at least like the fiction that it will. <laughs> All right. Let's uh... I, I, I don't know. It's it's let's... a it's a weird balancing act, but you know. Give me that fantasy. You're all about fantasy, Disney. Give me the fantasy that you actually care about your employees. Oh, that's another conversation for another day. (laughs) 
But uh, speaking of their employees, shall we talk about who they employed for this film? Yeah, let's let's talk about it. The first, let's talk about the highest billed actor in this movie. I hate to call him the star because he's barely in this movie, but uh, John Mills, Sir John Mills, Sir John Mills, Sir John Mills, the father of another Disney legend in Haley Mills. Yeah, um, both John Mills and Haley Mills, Disney legends in their own right. He is our our father, uh, who is just called Father in this. He's never given a name. He's just Father Robinson. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And um, yeah. even his wife calls him Father, which is... I, I know... In this- in 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 the in this current era, a husband calling his wife mother has a different connotation. Well, you know, my grandparents did that when the the children or grandchildren were around. You know, go yeah. go 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 talk to father, or you know, go talk to grandpa, or whatever. So uh, te- technically, she's calling her husband daddy. Oh, yeah, I just. <laughs> Don't, don't, can we not, can we make that not a thing? Can that be one thing that millennials kill? If millennials are going to be accused of killing stuff, can we kill that? I really want to kill that. (laughs) But yeah, so John Mills as the father, you know, he, he always had these kind of, you know, hello, I am stately English John Mills, you know, (laughs) that that was the parts he, he always played. Yeah, for most people our age, he really is known as Haley Mills' dad, isn't he? Yeah. That's kind of, uh, it, it's it's kind of sad because he... He had a pretty big career before that. Yeah, he was he was a major, I mean, you know, Oscar winner and, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. And the, the BAFTA Fellowship and he's a knight and everything. And we're like, oh, Haley Mills' dad. But yeah, I mean, the uh, mother who is also just called Mother, uh, is portrayed by Dorothy McGuire, uh, who was an Oscar nominee. She unfortunately never won. Uh, Best known for Gentleman's Agreement and Friendly Persuasion, but uh, best known to uh, the Disney uh, audience as the mother in two very famous Disney films, this and Old Yeller. She's kind of the quintessential Disney mother of the era. Yeah. Um, she would work with uh, Tommy Kirk uh, in both of those movies. Um, speaking of um, Tommy Kirk in this as Ernst Robinson. We've Disney, another uh, Disney legend. Talked about him before. Yeah. Uh, Babes in Toyland, Misadventures of Merlin Jones, The Shaggy Dog, Old Yeller. Yeah, he was the Disney kid for quite quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um. So, uh, getting into the uh, other kids here, we've got uh, James MacArthur playing Fritz Robinson, the oldest of the Robinsons. Uh, those of a certain age will remember him best as Dano on Hawaii Five-0. And was also in Third Man on the Mountain. Yeah, that movie comes up a lot. 
for the people in this film. Uh, do you want to talk for just a second about what's so important about Third Man on the Mountain in in Disney? So, for those of you who are wondering what's so special, why we keep mentioning Third Man on the Mountain. So, Third Man on the Mountain uh, was a movie about climbing the Matterhorn. What's one of the most well-known rides in Disneyland? The Matterhorn. So, yes, the Matterhorn was a ride based off that movie. Of, of course, now people remember the Matterhorn, and nobody remembers that it was based on Third Man on the Mountain. Yeah. Unless you're a, a real Disney geek. Um, like we are. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of... Uh, people who were in third man on the mountain we have uh fritz's love interest here roberta played by janet monroe uh she was also in third man on the mountain for disney uh but she got her start uh both in film and with disney in darby o'gill and the little people which we are gonna have to talk about someday just for the feeling of acid trip it will give us she was uh, yet another kind of uh, Disney kid, teen at the time, uh, who was the romantic, you know, teen lead in a few of these movies. And then as the uh, other kid in the Robinson family, we have Kevin Corcoran, who we have talked about before. Another um, Disney legend. He's yeah. And uh, we last talked about him in Babes in Toyland, I believe. But uh, he was also in Old Yeller and Shaggy Dog and Pollyanna and, you yeah, know, all those. We got a, a couple of interesting um, ones in the kind of uh, non-Robinson family cast. Uh, we have uh, Cecil Parker, who plays uh roberta's grandfather the captain mm -hmm. uh and he was a character actor who did uh did a lot of uh comedy uh cecil parker was also interesting to me because he played a part in one of my favorite movies the court jester with danny Kay. uh but one of the most interesting actors in this entire film actually plays our villain. Uh, this was toward the end of his career uh, when he was unfortunately relegated to playing background parts and villains. But at the beginning of, the, of his career, this man was one of the greatest stars in the world. As our uh, pirate captain, um, who is named Kuala in this film, we have the great Sesue Hayakawa. And it's kind of criminal that he is not a household name these days because this man was the first non-European to become an international film star. He was a Japanese actor. 
he broke through in the silent film era. Okay, so he first broke through in the late 1910s, early 1920s, like somewhere in there. Um, his first film, uh, at least the first one that he's known for, is a film called The Cheat. Okay. The Cheat? The Cheat, yes. Uh, but this uh, this one is famous enough that it's in the National Film Registry, okay? Mm. Um, and he was the forbidden foreign lover type, okay? Uh, opposite a white woman. Okay, so this in the 1920s in a Hollywood film. And he appeared on camera. And let me tell you, if you see a picture of this man in his prime in like, you know, 1915 or whatever. This is a good looking man. If you are a person who likes good looking men, this is a good looking man. This man was so good looking that when he would you know, get out of a car to go into a restaurant or a film premiere or whatever, rich white women would throw furs at his feet so he did not have to step in rain puddles. A literal Mr. Stelia girl. Oh, yeah. In fact, it caused such a commotion that um, white men were not having it and the racism started. Mm. Which... Um, you know, uh, some stuff started happening between Japan and the West. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the whole world was involved been, in that. Yeah, been some problems and stuff. So he bounced around to other parts of Europe. Um, there is some. There was some suggestion from him that he was uh, the uh, target of some murder attempts, even, to try to end his career. Uh, I, I mean, it, it really got bad. I'm, I'm not kidding. Um, this man was a threat to the way of life for a lot of people. Um, he was, he went to Europe and for a time was very beloved. Um, then the thirties happened and I don't know if you remember that there was some stuff going down in the thirties and the early forties and things may have gotten bad. Uh, and then after the war, he was unfortunately Japanese and after the war, nobody wanted to give the a Japanese actor any part other than you're the evil Japanese guy. However, this did land him a part in a little movie called Bridge Over the River Kwai. And that got him an Academy Award nomination for Best Supporting Actor. Hmm. He did not win, unfortunately. Um, but it was kind of the, the hype point of his career critically um and then probably the thing he's best remembered for to anybody today he gets the part in swiss family robinson um like and 
his career kind of uh, petered out from that. He was just relegated to in his later years to playing villainous Asian man. Um, I give him the credit for being able to transfer from silent films into the talkies. Not many actors were able to do that successfully. That is very true. Um, but the thing is, is I mean, this this man was good enough to show up in early film when n- nobody other than, you know, white people and let's face it, white men, you know, were making it. And he just showed up on the scene and was like, hi, I'm the hottest thing you've ever seen. And all of your women are going to throw themselves at me. And boy, he did it. He lived in a house in Hollywood that he built to look like a castle. So for the longest time, there was just a castle in Hollywood. And everybody would drive by and be like, oh, yeah, that's Hayakawa's house. I do it. I'm not going to lie. I do it. I mean, legend. Absolute legend. Um, And now we have to put like a little, this film has racially insensitive portrayals in front of it. And if you want to know why, it's because the guy that we're, we did that to him in real life. Oh, but yeah, go look up this man. Go look up pictures of this man. <laughs> this man, legend, legend. Go go read about his life because this man was a trailblazer. Just awesome. And I'm so glad I got to talk to him. That is the high point of this movie for me. It's all downhill from here. Folks, shall we get into the actual plot? Question mark. All right, so... We start at this movie, no introduction, no reason. They are just on a boat in the middle of a storm. It's like we're starting this story in the middle of the story. In media race. We're in the middle here. They're in, they're in a storm. The family is trying to survive. The crew has abandoned ship. So wait, we... You know what? I'm getting a little ahead of myself. We have to backtrack because the film doesn't tell us this until later in the, in, later on after the scene. Is that apparently they're, uh, they're on this ship. The family is going off to... Where are they going off to? New Guinea. Think? New Guinea. So this family is going to New Guinea to start a new settlement there. And uh, they are chased by pirates... So to avoid pirates, the crew turns the boat into a storm, and the storm wrecks the ship. The crew abandons ship and leaves our title, uh, to our uh, our Swiss family Robinson, on the ship, as the ship is pretty much destroyed in the storm. And I thought the captain always went down with the ship. No, apparently that's the captain's dogs. Okay, first off, I hope every member of this crew died a horrible death. What kind of awful people were on this ship? The captain left his dogs on the... Like, okay, I get leaving the annoying European colonists and their super annoying children. The captain left his dogs. 
The father almost left the dogs. Okay, the father is awful, and we will get to that. But we are talking about the crew now. So, yeah, they bail. They leave the dogs, leave everything. I Yeah, they I, leave I, an entire family with their children. Okay, the family's awful, but let's just... The, the hypothetical family, okay? You have a mother, a father, and three children. One of whom is very small. He's like six or something. And one looks like he's in his... 20s yeah one one might be 21 by this point we don't know um i would say closer to 30 honestly (laughs) yeah um but you know the hypothetical family has a mother father and three children um you have an entire you know all these animals you have two dogs who supposedly you have loved and trained because these are well-trained dogs and you just are like um, yeah, there's pirates in a storm. Um, abandon ship, boys. Don't tell anybody. Quick, quick. While they're asleep or whatever. Uh, yeah, I hope every member of that crew died just the worst death. I understand that this is a Disney movie, but it would have made the characters look a little bit more, uh, in, in a positive light if, if they had died in the, in the storm. Yeah, like, like we see them bust out of the cabin that's been locked, that's been you know forcibly held on by debris from the ship, and they just see members of the crew dead because they died trying to keep the ship afloat. Yeah, or, or or like they don't even have to show us bodies. Like, oh how horrible they've all died. You know, like just show the mother being like, oh I can't even look. You know, like, yeah, you don't need to show a line. Yeah, I get that this is a 1960s Disney film. Um, but yeah, they actually say like, wait, the crew have abandoned us. They didn't even tell. Like, the family is totally baffled. Like, they just left us and their dogs. Like, they, they have to figure out a way to one survive and two get to land because they're on a b- broken ship. Well, and, yeah, the ship has crashed on the rocks near an island, but of course they still have to make it from the outer rocks to the actual shore. Um, so they have to craft a, a little bit of um, some sort of raft to get from the wreckage of the ship to the actual land. And immediately the little kid... The the smallest one, Francis. Yeah, Francis, uh, who is one the most annoying of a truly annoying family, and two the only one with whom I have any empathy. This kid <laughs> adopts every animal she he sees. Yeah, which, every animal he sees. This is my dog. This is my pig. This is my donkey. This is my chicken. This is my elephant. This is my tiger. This kid Pokemon's the entire island, and I am super here for it because that is exactly what I do if I landed on the magical island of all animals. That's what I was thinking while I was watching watching this. Like this, this kid is, is Kiki. This Hopefully, is this- I am not nearly that annoying, but. I would be doing that to the end. It would just be like, hello, monkey. Oh, look at the birdie. Zebra, mine. 
<laughs> like it just like ev- everything would just be like you know that I would see that tiger and my first words would be like here kitty 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 just yeah that that's me that's me on the magical island of of all the animals that should not be living together yeah um so yeah they they build a raft out of whatever they can out of the wrecked boat kid really wants to take the dogs even some you know, summoning the dogs as they're riding off the little raft, kind of, come on, dog, let's go. And the father, I know his name. His name is Richard, because he is a giant one. The father hates all humans and all animals, and I will agree with one of those things. The father is very, the father's personality is... I hate all things. Please get them away from me. Yeah, it's a very self. He starts off very self-centered. It's like I have to protect me, and I have to and, get these- and my family, who is an extension of me. Yeah, and these dogs are going to weigh us down. I don't like dogs. I don't like animals. I don't like these birds throwing birds by their necks. Here's here's the thing: is he says. We can't bring the dogs. They weigh more than any one of us. Those dogs are like 80 to 90 pound dogs tops. The only thing that the dogs would weigh more would be Francis. Yeah, Francis is about the only member of the family that the dogs weigh more than. So, shut up, Father Richard. You suck. As a person, and <laughs> I really hate the dad to I'm the sure point where even even the mother, a fine person, but yeah, even the mother is saying, "Hey, these dogs are going to drown if we don't pull them into the boat." Yeah, I also dislike the mother for one basic reason, and we've talked. I think the last time we talked about it was when we did Ducktales. Mm. The mother has the personality of girl. We talked about it when we talked about OG Webby. Mm-hmm. That, like, there's a certain type of writer who goes, like, well, we have a whole bunch of men. What should their personalities be? Well, he is strong, and that one's arrogant, and that one is a bit annoying. And then you go, like, and what should we give the woman? Well, she's girl. That is her personality. She is girl. You know, that's that's the mother in this movie. She has no personality. She's just girl. And we get another one later in the movie. That's the same personality. I would argue that Roberta is allowed to have a little bit more of a personality because she is given um, a couple of small plot lines. She's allowed to have things happen either to her or near her. But the mother is just girl. Like, she she doesn't participate in the plot so much as stand near it and comment on it in a girl manner. Yeah, I I very much dislike the, the father character because you can tell that all of this is his fault. You can tell that the mother did not want to leave Europe. You can tell that the boys did not want to leave Europe. 
But father wanted to leave Europe because father has ideals and does not like people and wanted to forge a new land in a new place where there were already people living, but they were the wrong color. So it is our job to civilize it. You can't get around the colonialism of the film, either here or towards the end of the, the movie and the resolution. Um, but they get... They get to the, the the land with their first bit of supplies, and fortunately the dogs. And uh, they're immediately like, land, we will make this home, and we will colonize it as God intended, for we are Europeans. <laughs> um, and they, they, they even at one point called the island New Switzerland. Yeah. They they do, because that's what Europeans do. <laughs> um, I will say that this island fortunately does appear to be completely devoid of human life. Yeah, just animals. Yeah, they, they do not find any native human life on this island at any point during this story. So at least they're not showing up and displacing native human life. Which is good. <laughs> I, I will give the movie that much. Um, but there are an awful lot of animals, none of whom should be together on an island. A strange mix of African and Asian animals, which they hand wave away by saying, oh, maybe at one point there was a land bridge between the two countries and that's what this island is. So that explains why all these animals are here. It really doesn't, but Disney wanted to put a bunch of animals that they thought looked pretty, and then probably at some point while they were packing this island full of uh, animals that somebody thought looked cool, somebody on the crew went, you know, all these animals are from different places, right? There's no way they'd be on an island between Switzerland and New Guinea together. <laughs> And somebody went, oh, uh, something, something, land bridge. Done. Um, my my father used to teach this book to his students. Mm -hmm. He used to make this required reading in a class, those poor students. And he said he always knew which students actually read the book and which watched the Disney movie <laughs> before writing their paper. Because there are animals that show up in the Disney movie that are not in the book. And so if a student mentioned an animal in their paper that was only in the Disney movie, he knew that they had not read the book. Uh, so if you ever get assigned this, this book as required reading, make sure you know which uh which animals are only found in the Disney movie kids because it will give it away to your teacher that you only watched the Disney movie. So let's kind of move on to the next day. I assume it's the next day where uh the two eldest sons and father go back to the wreckage of the ship to retrieve the animals. And whatever they finally just figured out they're going to need food. Yeah, and whatever supplies they can get off the wreckage. So they go back, they get all the livestock, they're, they, they're able to make them float, you know, tight barrels to the size of them and whatnot. 
But uh, the pirates are back. The same pirates that chased him into the storm are still chasing them. Even though the ship is wrecked and there's nothing of value on the ship. Anyway, uh, uh, the two boys decide to load up the, the lone cannon on the ship and attempt to fire onto them. But uh, Father has a better idea and hangs up a quarantine flag, implying that uh, we've got some people here with the Black Death. Don't come around to us. We got the Rona. Stay six feet away from us. <laughs> Yeah, you know, you want to talk about things that do not look uh, realistic in retrospect? Yeah. I think if we'd have watched this film, say, three years ago, if we're recording this episode, we'd be like, and the father in the most genius thing ever puts up a quarantine flag, and they see it, and they're like, plague, run away, run away, because, you know, humans, they avoid that plague like the plague. And now we're like, and he puts out the quarantine flag and the pirates run away. And I don't understand that because humans, they do not avoid the plague. I yeah. I don't, I don't understand that at all. They would just keep coming. They would yeah. call it, you know, a hoax. a hoax and just keep coming straight for that quarantine flag. That would not work in the slightest. 99% survival rate. We'll be fine. Yeah. So, uh... Enough modern jokes. <laughs> <sighs> but yeah, it works for now. The The pirates uh, go away to regroup and figure out something else. And uh, the family uh, strips as much as they can from the uh, boat. And they start constructing long-term housing Meanwhile, the youngest kid starts Pokemoning this island like you would not believe. He gets him an elephant. He gets him a monkey. He gets him an ostrich. And there's a tiger. And, yeah, there's a tiger. And I'm going to tell you, I spent 90% of this film rooting for the tiger. I really wanted the tiger to eat at least one member of this family preferably the entire family i just the tiger was the best character in this movie and all of the humans are awful share khan you're in the wrong movie <laughs> yeah i really i really wanted kitty to just go munch munch crunch crunch no more family because oh my goodness i hate every member of this family and they build their treehouse which was so popular that they put it in Disneyland. Uh, and in Walt Disney World. I believe uh, uh, when you went to Walt Disney World, I assume you saw the treehouse. Yeah, I think I did. So, yeah, in Disney World, Disney Magic Kingdom, it is still called the Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse. It is not called that anymore in Disneyland. Uh, because in 1999, a more popular movie came out, and now it's called Tarzan's Treehouse. Although, depending on where you are in Tarzan's Treehouse, you can still hear one of the songs from this movie, The Swiss Capoca. How did this kid, just based off running, uh, moving water with, 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 
how did this kid build a freaking refrigerator? These they built a refrigerator. You like know the, the plumbing I can get. The plumbing I understand. That actually makes sense based on how they're explaining it. But a refrigerator? I I don't don't. No, here's what I want to know. There's three people to work on the house. Mm-hmm. Okay, because we've got the father, the two oldest boys. The youngest boy is no good because he's Pokemoning the island. And the mother has the personality of girls, so you know she's not doing any work. Um, so that leaves the father and two boys, none of whom probably have any construction experience. The co- and they keep having to make trips back and forth to the boat to get construction materials and tools and whatnot the closest thing we get is uh shoot i forget this damn kid's name uh i'll remember it Ernest. the closest we get is Ernest grabbing some scientific stuff and says i can learn how to use this and that's it well yeah they they hand wave everything is like these are the smartest people on the planet you know um but this is you know this is a very randian ideal of like if you just leave a man alone man qua man to himself will learn how to do everything you know it's 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 one of those um So, of course, these three people with no construction experience who keep having to brave the rocks and the waves to bring over construction materials from this ship. And the mother, when she first sees it, says, like, I'm not going back up into into this thing. I'm just going to live on the beach until you make this a safe place. Because the little kid tries to capture a monkey and ends up almost falling to his death. He almost hangs himself. Because well, he's got this rope No, he's got the rope around his waist. It's that... He's fine. Hmm. Um, But, you know, if he didn't have the rope around his waist, he might have, you know, fallen and broken his neck. Um, But, you know, she says, I'm going to go sleep on the beach until you've built the treehouse properly. And then it's kind of cuts in this magical time the island exists in where you can never tell how long they've been there. Um, in that, like, you know, two days later or whatever, they've got a, a beautiful treehouse that has been built by these three, you know, doofuses on the, on the island. And... Um, so has mother just been living on that beach for like three months, two days, a week and a half? Like <laughs> whenever, whenever. Yeah. Um. But so now they've got their beautiful, elaborate treehouse with modern conveniences: the refrigerator, the plumbing, the sink, the you know. Yeah. They. Uh, they- and they're having a good time. Everyone's enjoying themselves. They're acting like they're on a vacation. Father even starts saying, hey, uh, 
you, you know, we, we could live here. This could be our home. And, you know, we don't need the the outside world. We don't need modern conveniences. No one here to be embarrassed in front of. It's our own, li- our own lives. Everything we could have, everything we could ask. And then this is the part where I start to hate the mother. Because, well, our, our kids aren't going to find wives and they're never going to get married. They're going to stay here. Mama wants some grandbabies. Well, I love the way that this scene is very specifically phrased. Because it's the 1960s. I mean, just barely. But it's also Disney. And she says, you know... This this island doesn't have everything we need. Our sons will never know what it's like to have children. And I, you know, I, I watched these with a friend and I immediately was like, she's talking about boinking. <laughs> and then she was like, they will never know what it is like to be married. And I was like, boinking, she means boinking. (laughs) Because it's like, she doesn't phrase it in like, they will never know the warmth of community or family or what. Like, it's very specifically like, they will never know what it's like to touch booby, you know? So her thing is that she wants the two oldest boys to see if there's any other people on this island, or at least any kind of it's other other people that may be on this island. Because as well, of right and now, the they, thing is, they don't actually know if they're on an island or not. All they know is they washed up on a beach, and they know that there's like a little lake, and they know that there's some tree. They they've only seen like maybe a mile a square mile area of this land they could be on a peninsula they could be you know they don't know Mm -hmm. um they had no idea where they were in the water because they're just passengers on a ship none of these people are sailors Mm -hmm. you know if you're on a cruise ship down near the Bahamas and you crashed and people were like, well, where are you right now? Do you know if you're just on a beach in Florida or on an uninhabited island in the Bahamas or the edge of South Carolina? Like, do you know until you've walked somewhere and looked for people? No, you don't because you're not a sailor probably. Um... So the boys have been asking, like, let us build a raft because they've been doing that. They've been building like a little canoe out of a tree. And they're like, we want to take this raft and get there and just chart the edge of the the land. And, you know, if we end up back here, we're on an island. If not, or if we see a settlement or whatever, then, okay, we're on some other form of landmass and there are people here and we can get help but it seems ridiculous to just kind of 
set up home and maybe there's a fully stocked village two miles that way or at least a know? city you know something something yeah so yeah they they they're out there and they come across the pirates again who have captured another boat with the only survivors being the captain and the <clears throat> cabin boy who has an amazing sea cup and the girliest little voice you have ever heard. Yeah, they they could have done a little bit more to make her a believable boy. Like, even I'm watching this movie, and I don't even remember if I've ever seen this movie the whole way through before, but I could tell that that is a woman. Yeah, I mean, they could have at least, you know, put her in some binding or something but like no she she has an incredibly girlish figure um from the get-go i mean this is you'd have to be five years old watching this movie to not immediately understand that that's a girl but everyone in this movie is completely convinced that this is a 14 year old boy yeah um even in, towards the end of the movie, the pirates are like saying... Instead of, like, a 17-year-old girl, you know, yeah. this is this is very much a, a post-pubescent cisgender girl, you know. Yeah, even towards the end of the movie, the pirates are saying to her, give us the boy. Yeah. So, yes, they... But, um... So, yeah. In... Let's just rip, rip this off here. This is Roberta. The cabin boy is actually Roberta. The captain is her grandfather. Uh, and the grandfather saying, hey, if you ransom me, you'll get money. If that's what you want. Keep us alive. You'll get what you want. Leave the boy alone. He's a nobody. He's, you know, a poor boy that I took in to work on my ship. It's no, no use at all to you. Just leave him here. Yeah, for a boy that is of no use to him, he seems awfully protective. And guys, we find out that that's his granddaughter so of course yeah um but you know fritz and ernst see this going down the pirates are discussing like well do we ransom them do we kill them do we sell them into slavery whatever they're going to do with them um and they're able to cut roberta loose and the the captain is like no just run leave me here leave me here as a distraction just get get the the boy away from here um and they end up doing that you know through one means or another and they escape with roberta um thinking that she is birdie the cabin boy and boy does this turn homophobic for like a long scene yeah, they uh, the boy saying, "Hey, we st- I knew I knew a guy back back home like 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 that. We called him a sissy. Look at the way he walks. Look at how how soft her hand, uh, how soft his hands are. She, he must be a, a rich kid who's never done a single job in his life. Were, and- were we that pathetic when we came to the island, or were we always butch and masculine and you know way tougher and you know bra- you know." There's all these hints that Roberta's really a girl, you know, doesn't want to take her shirt off when they have to go into the water and, you know, all that kind of stuff. 
But eventually, Roberta grabs the pistol from one of the boys that says, no, we have to go back for my grandfather and everything. And finally, one of the boys figures it out. Duh. Yes, this is a girl. And immediately, once her gender is revealed, she reverts to girl and starts crying. And I don't want to be dressed like this. My hair looks awful cut short. The point being that the captain, her grandfather, had her cut her hair and dress like a boy. Well, pirates are known for two things. One of them is pillaging. Yeah. I'll, I'll let you fill in the rest. So, I mean, it's, it's a smart move on behalf of the, the grandfather. You know, oh. I, I'm, I'm not saying it was not intelligent. It definitely um, came from a place of love. Again, this is her, his granddaughter. He's trying to protect his family. Yeah. Um, but now they need to, um, you know, their boat got destroyed in the tussle to, you know, free Roberta. And now they have to walk back across the island to get back to their home camp and warn their family that the pirates have found the island again. And also we found a girl and, you know, whatever. But of course, now that she's a girl, now we get the love triangle. Two brothers. I would like to die. Two brothers, one brains, one brawn, fighting over this girl. Oh, come on. They have neither brains nor brawn between them. Although I love that the second Roberta is a girl, Ernst has to start mansplaining everything in the world to her. Despite hey, Roberta, fact- do you know what math is? I'm sure you don't because you're a girl. Let me sit here and mansplain math to you. Again, her <sighs> father is a sea captain. She probably grew up looking at ma- looking at maps and charts. She probably knows what math is. Yeah, it's just, oh, it's so insufferable. And the thing is, is Ernst has not had this personality until Roberta is revealed as a girl. And Fritz has also not had the, like, big, strong He-Man personality until Roberta is revealed. The second Roberta is revealed as a girl, these two characters suddenly have completely different personalities as they had two minutes ago in the movie. And they're constantly fighting. These it two, is awful. These two brothers are fighting each other over this girl that they just met. And here's the other part. Roberta is immediately into Ernst, the younger of the two boys. Mm-hmm. She immediately connects with him. They they both love the sea. Fritz is absolutely not into the, the sea at all. He does not want to get back on a boat. He does not like the ocean. It sucks. Thank you very much. He does not want to go back to Europe. Europe sucks. Ernst, very into Europe, wants to go back to Europe, wants to dance, wants to dress in fancy clothes like Roberta does. Roberta and Ernst, very much a couple at this point in the movie. Also, it's implied that they're the same age. Yeah, it's very much implied that they are much closer in age than Fritz and Roberta. So from this moment on, Roberta and Ernst pretty much look like a couple at at this point in the movie. 
And they get along much better, except for the fact that Ernst is is a mansplainy little douche. And uh, oh my goodness, he 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 killed his own chances right here. Yeah, it's it's not like, dude, shut up for two seconds and let the woman talk. But you know, they they make their way back across the island. There's like a whole thing with an anaconda. Why is there an anaconda? Who knows? Somebody thought it would look cool. It does not. Then they run into um, some a zebra that they have to save from quicksand because, of course, there's quicksand. Of course, there's quicksand. Have you ever in your life run into quicksand? No. Yeah. A haven't. horse in quicksand. I'm having flashbacks to a different movie. Yeah, I know. That's don't remind me of a better movie in the middle of your crappy movie. It's just not a thing you should do. But anyway. Uh, then we cut back to the treehouse, and apparently it's Christmas because they're playing a Christmas tree. And oh, yeah. They have an organ now that they, that they yeah, because that's the one thing you need to take out of the shipwreck is a freaking organ. Well, apparently they have strip-mined the, the, the ship of every other useful thing. <laughs> Seriously? Because now there's a... A, an organ uh, that the mother is playing. Um, and apparently they've also stolen, uh, not stolen, but they've salvaged uh, gifts from the ship because they've got some gifts wrapped up. And uh, Francis is very annoyed because he can't open the gifts. And the mother's like, they're for your brothers when they return. And Francis is very much like, okay, yeah, but what if they're dead? Do I get their Christmas presents? <laughs> Typical kid. <laughs> Which I kind of love Francis in that moment because he's like, mom, they're dead. They're not coming back. I get all the animals and also their Christmas gifts. <laughs> I'm kind of, Francis is growing on me at this point. <laughs> like, he's annoying, but he's not wrong. Like, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, um, as this is happening, uh, yeah, our trio comes in here riding on a zebra singing Christmas carols. And they're like, uh, mom, we're back and we brought a girl. <laughs> and, and the mother is immediately in full on girl mode. She's like, I always wanted a daughter. Well, actually, I didn't want a daughter. I wanted a living Barbie doll that I could make clothes for and dress up because that is apparently all that women want. Oh, I, I know some people that are like that. Well, yes, but they're awful people. They exist, but they're awful people and they have no personalities of their own. And we but, call them pageant moms. But and they exist also, so much in the South and they're all just horrible people. But she's able to do one thing is that she's able to fix Roberta's hair so it actually looks decent other, rather than the hack job they had to do in five seconds to make her passable like a boy. I mean, yeah, okay. Roberta's obviously uh, feels better about her hair now than she did with uh, than she did before. Yeah, I mean, it it's fine. She's it's fine. She's fine. It's all fine. And now she goes out, and now that she's, like, dressed in frilly clothes, now the two brothers are ready to draw blood over her. They're, They're like, e she's wearing one of Mother's dresses. Now I really want her. That's like, it gets really Norman Batesy and, like, a little creepy. But now both, again, this is where 
these two boys still continue to fight over her, trying to fight over who gets to dance with her and all that. To the point where the father kind of has to step in and say, okay, I'm going to dance with her. Both of you are both of you are essentially on timeout. Yeah, it's it's a little strange. Uh, but the father gets a little creepy too, because at one point he does step over to the mother and he goes, See, the island provides everything, even a girl. And I'm like, okay, you're getting creepy. Back it up. But we have but she just snaps back, but we have three sons and there's only one girl. And I'm sure the father at that point is like, so they can just take turns. I don't, I don't care. What do you want from me? We just conjured up a girl on a magical island out of nowhere. I'm not made of women. Like... This is also where okay, is this where they start setting up for the the the, the booby traps? Yeah, they kind of you know they they celebrate Christmas and it's fine, but the next day they're they're like you know, hey, we've got a pirate problem. They're gonna be coming back for us because we stole their captive. Yeah, they still think it's a boy, but you know. It's it's a use you know we stole from them and pirates don't really like that. Um, so they're gonna come back and the father's like, well, let's go take everything off the ship. I don't really know what's left on the ship at this point. How is how are there even boards left on the ship at this point? But the father says we're gonna go finally remove every single last blessed thing we can take off the ship. And then we're going to blow up what remains of the ship in hopes that they won't remember what little island we're on. Hopefully there are a bunch of little islands. If they can't see the ship as a marker, they'll just forget which one we're on. And this, um, appar- this, this depresses the mom because now there's no way off this island. Yeah, the mom still had this delusion that they're going to somehow fix this ship. At this point, it has been rotting in the seawater for months. At this, yeah, for, for months at least. Um, yeah, no, you're not. You're not putting this thing back out to sea, honey. Um, but uh, then they get the idea of like, well. Plan one is hide and hope they don't remember which island we're on. Plan two is we're going to home alone this thing. We're going to build a bunch of booby traps. We're going to build a bunch of defenses. And that way we can, you know, kind of build a fortress Mm -hmm. and hole up here and defend ourselves. So yeah, as they're building these booby traps, uh, uh, Roberta has uh, shifted her gaze as uh, as Fritz is showing Roberta how the traps work. Uh, her, him, and Roberta are starting to get a little close, uh, much to Ernest's own dismay. Yeah, and there is no reason given for this. Prior to this point, Roberta and Ernst seem to have the connection. Mm -hmm. 
as far as the audience can tell and as far as Ernst can tell, they're the ones who are kind of, I I wouldn't say dating, but, you know, they're heading that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all of a sudden, she's hanging out with Fritz and ignoring Ernst. So I'm kind of with Ernst on this one. Like, what the heck? Like, nobody owes you their affection, but it is an odd switch. You know, maybe maybe use your words. Maybe just take her aside and be like, "I'm sorry. Did I did I get the wrong? Could could we just talk th- this out for a moment?" You know. Um. But it does lead to a bit of a moment where, uh, there is a bit of danger because Fritz and Ernst are so distracted with Roberta that uh, everybody leaves Francis alone, and Francis blows up a bunch of stuff. Yeah, because they made up they made up some bombs out of coconuts, and a uh, young boy playing with fire and fireworks. He's lucky he didn't blow his arm off. Well, you know that's what happens when you learn recipes from the professor. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, no, the fa- fa- father, father, uh, he steps in. He's like, okay, you two were supposed to be watching him. Instead, you're fighting over this girl. Uh, maybe uh, everyone's a little uh, tightened up. We need to unwind. Uh, holiday, Christmas. We're gonna we're gonna have the first holiday on New Switzerland. And yeah, we're just gonna. I mean, have he's fun. forgetting about Christmas, but they decide to have a ostrich zebra something race. Yeah, they're gonna so. have a race. Yeah, let's get. Um, we did forget one thing is the uh, Frit. Uh, Francis comes up with an idea for pits around the perimeter of the island that he wants to throw in tigers and other uh, carnivore animals that when the pirates walk on him, they'll fall into the pit and then the carnivore animals will eat them. To which the father said, that's not a bad idea. I don't know where we're going to get the tigers from, but we can dig some pits that can, you know, at least slow them down. And basically, Francis comes up with an ingenious idea of, like, we're going to hang some meat as a lure and put, you know, a, a little plank over there that won't quite hold the tiger's weight. And when the tiger goes to get the meat, he'll fall into the pit and can't get out. And it works. I mean, genius idea. The kid the kid is really good at catching animals. Let's, let's point this out. He is a Pokemon oh. master. <laughs> Yeah, um, so uh, he and, and, actually uh, does get his tiger, finally, after all this time. And the tiger has no injuries falling into that hole, into that pit. You know, I I will allow this movie a lot of things, but injury to an animal is not one of them, so, you know. Um, so they they cover up the the pit with some leaves and stuff so that the pirates can't tell that there is a tiger pit. Right in their way. Um, and uh, we we got to talk about another scene that's that's right in this area that's back to the insufferable uh, love triangle again, is that Roberta wants to learn how to shoot because they're going to have to defend themselves from the pirates, and that might mean guns. So she asked Fritz to teach her how to shoot, and of course there's that scene of the sexy, you know, the the man has to wrap his arms around her and 
you know, put his head on her shoulder and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then Ernst walks up with this uh, top hat he's made from leaves and whatnot of these. Cause Roberta and the had tie. Talked about, and, and a the tie. tie made sea, I think the tie's made of seaweed. Yeah, but she had talked about missing the fashion in London and the tall top hats that were in fashion when she had left and everything. So Ernst tries it and asks her to dance. And she ends up making fun of him. And uh, Francis, I mean, uh, Fritz joins in, and Ernst gets really upset, and they end up fighting uh, Fritz and, and Ernst. Fritz mocks him of like, you know, how, how do you think that, you know, why do you think Roberta would ever be into you? And I kind of wanted to go the entire movie up until this point, because Roberta was super into him. At least that was the vibe she was giving off. You know. People can change their minds at any time about this sort of thing, but that was, you know, Ernst was not wrong to th- to think that maybe there was a chance, mm-hmm. I guess, you know. I think there was. It's just that he acted so uh, smarter than thou that he kind yeah. of ruined it. I mean, it probably it probably is, but the movie is very... People need to use their words. If people use their words, these will be much shorter movies and not as entertaining. Yeah. Um, if, you know, if, if there is disinterest, you know, if she lost interest in Ernst, she just needed to say, Ernst, I think you're very nice. However, you know, end of story. Yeah. Um, and that respect goes both ways. You know, it's like... No, no accepted that, you know, end of story of that. Um, But there is none of that. It just kind of lingers and becomes a fight and everything. And Roberta needed to step in and stop it and make her intentions very clear. Um, So, you know, there's there's blame to go around on all parts here. Um, She even she even blames herself. For the brothers fighting. Well. She does have culpability. To the point of. Be clear about. Your. Intentions and affections. I have interest in. Fritz. I do not have interest in Ernst. That is my. You know. That is my feelings on the matter. End, end of story, you know, kind of thing. I mean, it's, you know, people and feelings are delicate, you know, be kind, but be clear. I, I don't know. Um, so. Let's get to the race. Yeah. They they have a race uh, with uh, everybody riding on a very, uh, you know, their various uh, animal animals. that they've chosen to, to ride. Uh, somebody has an ostrich. Somebody has a a zebra. Donkey. There's a donkey there. Kids yeah, riding an elephant. Even the monkey has got in in on the fun by riding one of the dogs. Yeah. So um, they've got a little course laid out on the beach, and uh, they're all gonna ri- uh, ride around and uh, see who wins the race. It's, and it all falls it's apart. It's very cute. It's very fun. It uh, falls apart very quickly. 
it's it's very slapsticky and comedic. Uh, unfortunately, Roberta spots the pirate ship coming in and is able to rush back to the beach and scream, pirates, pirates, pirates on our beach, everybody run. And uh, the family, however, they have prepared. I mean, they they've been doing really well in their preparations. So they all have their parts to play and they go man their stations. The pirate captain shows up on the beach and in uh, unfortunate broken English starts screaming about give us the boy. Mm -hmm. Again, they still think Roberta is a cabin boy. Yeah, they even see Roberta and do not recognize that it is the same person. Um, they just think it's part of the people who, you know, she's part of the people who live on the island. Because they've never actually seen the people who live on the island. Kind of the rest of this part of the movie is just one long fight scene. Yeah, this is, they go after the, as the pirates get through the island, they each, the, each family member triggers one of the traps and they go off. The bridge collapses, they fall into the pit with the tiger. At they least the tiger gets some, some good eaten. I mean, we don't actually see it, but I assume. A few fall into the pit with the tiger. Only two come out. I'll let you decide. Uh, they do send like a whole uh, forest full of logs down on the pirates. Um, a lot of pirates go under the logs and they stay down. So we'll let you figure out what you think happens to them. They throw their little coconut bombs. They're firing <laughs> what little, what little uh, rifle and gun ammunition ammunition that they have. Uh, oh, uh, even to the point where the pirate captain feigns a surrender, while the rest of his crew sneak up behind them, saying, "You won. Here's the white flag. I give up. You're too. You're too good." You fought my men. No more. Yeah. They, they actually even try going around and scaling the cliff behind them. Um, this does lead to a rather funny part where you have um, actual, like, stuffed dummies being hurled off a cliff. And that that effect does not hold up well. Because it is very obviously just, like, hay stuffed mannequins being <laughs> thrown down past people. It looks like all is lost for the the family, and then one of uh, the ships from Roberta's grandfather's fleet actually finds them somehow. Uh, starts Dave's firing ex navy, yeah. and uh, starts firing on the the pirate ship and disables it and comes ashore and. Captures the pirates and yeah, we're we're De saved. Deus ex pirata. <laughs> um, but the uh, the captain is there and he uh, he says, "Hey, you know, you all saved my granddaughter's life, so I owe you big time, and we've got this ship here." Uh, so we can get y'all off the island if you want, and, um... Well, they're, they're gonna take them wherever they want to go. If you want to go back to, you know, our ship is going to London, but we can take you to London. You want to go back to Sweet, uh, Switzerland? 
We can take you back there if you want to go to where were they going? Fiji? New, New Guinea. Guinea. Um, and if you want to er- go to New Guinea, yeah, we can take you there too. Wherever you want to go. Ernst really wants to get off of this freaking island. I do not blame him. Um, and go to university proper. And the captain says, like, oh yeah, I'm like a huge donor to some big university, and uh, they owe me, so I can get you in. Um, I wish it was easy to get into big universities like that. Oh, to be rich. Yeah, I guess it is if you know rich people. Um, and even, even implying that uh, both Ernst and Roberta will be going to the same university. Um, but uh, father and mother really. Well, father really likes the, the island, and I guess mother as girl is just gonna stand by her man. So they're gonna stay on the island and. Francis, as the little kid, is going to stay with his parents. Fritz and Roberta, who are now going to get married, I guess, um, they're going to stay on the island as well. So Ernst is the only one that's going to end up leaving and going back to civilization. Well, um, he just had the only girl that that had shown any kind of interest in him now is hooked up with his brother. With- with his brother, so he kind of doesn't really have much reason to stay there. Yeah, I mean, Francis, I can understand. He's six, and he has all the animals he could want, so I kind of get why he's staying on the island. Um, all the rest of the family are kind of awful, so uh, okay, whatever. Um, the captain kind of ruins it for everyone, however, saying that um, in the vein of all European colonists, We found a chunk of dirt, so we're immediately going to ruin your little bit of paradise by the second we get back to civilization. We're going to send just a bunch of people to colonize this place. Have fun with your paradise for the next, like, two months until we can tell people where it is and send them here. They do have a bit of a light there by saying that uh, Father could be the governor of of this settlement. Yeah, Which but he father's, likes. father's entire reason for liking this place was that there were no people. Behold, my little plot of land, which has no people other than the ones I am related to. Look at how n- non-people-y it is. And immediately they're like, ah, Europeans have discovered it. Let us fill it with Europeans. <laughs> I mean, this guy's entire story was, Europe really sucks. Let's um get away from Europe. <laughs> Let's get away from civilization. Oh, civilization! Civilization's coming to me. Uh, and can, do I get to be the boss? Okay. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's slightly better if you're the governor. I doubt it though, because then you just have to deal with people bringing their problems to you. Uh, th- this is not a happy ending for anybody. Th- this movie. This... Let's get to the question. Is there magic here? No, no. This movie is anti-magic. This movie is anathema to magic. There's a lot of this movie where nothing happens. Oh, my God. Like, I get that you want to focus on these these people from essentially the city getting used to... Uh, 
the country life kind of I get that's the, that's where they were coming from and what they were trying to do, but it takes up so much of the movie, and it's like it takes too long to get to the actual story where they introduce Roberta and the pirates, and it's just. No, even when Roberta shows up, that's not a story. Love triangles are not a story. Love triangles are not a story. Stop thinking they are. And if the only s- plot in your movie is a love triangle, you do not have a plot. And as you said, the personalities of the brothers immediately shift now that there's a girl on the island. Also, girl is not a personality. Stop thinking it is. They do. I mean, it's it, it, it has gotten better. Yeah, but we're talking about this movie. Yeah. And we have to judge this movie as a movie. And you can say like eh, it was the time, but you know there were good movies when this movie came out. Mm-hmm. I've seen them. They exist. This is not one of them. I I get why people have nostalgic goggles for this. I get if you watched this movie 700 billion times as a kid, you'd be like, oh, I remember the part where the little kid had the monkey. I remember the part with the elephant. I think you're remembering the animals. I think your nostalgia for this movie is animals. Because I, I, I cannot imagine what in this movie would make anybody happy that has a people in it. Final grade, no magic. Yeah. The good news is um, Lost in Space exists. Go watch that. It's campy. It's fun. It's not owned by Disney, I don't think. But, um, you know, it exists. It's got Billy Moomy. (laughs) And it's uh, probably not about colonialism. I mean, it probably is. <laughs> danger. Danger, Francis Robinson. Danger. Oh. I, I don't know. It's, I, I can't, I, this movie grates on every last nerve I have. Let's, let's, let's move on. Let's move on to next week. Uh, we are going to be talking about another movie with a mouse. It's been a few weeks since we talked about a movie with a mouse. This mouse cooks. We're talking about Ratatouille. Yeah, um, here's a fun story. I've never seen Ratatouille. Well, we're going to get your thoughts on Ratatouille uh, next time. So we'll, we'll I mean, the, the, the few first time movies that we have seen for uh, you have watched on this podcast. Most of them have you you have liked. Yeah, um, and I've heard I've heard great things about it. I don't really know how I've missed this one. Um, but you also but, missed like Lilo and Stitch when it came out. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, it just it was one of those that um, I I don't know how I've missed it, but I'm looking forward to it. I like food. I like mices. I like Patton Oswalt. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Uh, Come back next time for Ratatouille, and we'll talk to you all then. Bye! Don't let the magic stop here. Join our conversation online on Facebook at Rewatching the Magic. Twitter at Rewatch the Magic. And of course, new episodes every week at RewatchingTheMagic.podbean.com. Remember, the magic is for everyone. It only stops if you let it.